This is Boomer Time, a proactive podcast for baby boomers, about baby boomers, and for people taking care of baby boomers. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. I'm Nancy Kogar, an elder law attorney and aging advocate, and this podcast was made just for you. Remember, though, the things we discuss here are not intended to be legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established by this podcast. Well, hello out there in Podcastville. This is Boomer Time, and as you know, I'm your host, Nancy Kogar. I am an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, And I am passionate about helping people become more aware of the tools and resources they need as they age. That is why I am here. And today we're going to talk about one of those. It's important, I will tell you, so listen closely. And it's also overlooked way too much. And people wait too long to get it. So what is it? It's POAs. What is a POA? That stands for Power of Attorney. What does that mean? It essentially means that you are entering into a legal and written document in which you are authorizing certain individuals, hopefully more than one, because I always recommend alternates, to make legal decisions for you if and when you are not able to. So there are two types of POAs. One can be made for healthcare and the other for your personal affairs or financial decisions. These two documents are essential to estate planning. So I will tell you that often I hear from people who say, I don't need those. I just want to get a will. And I don't really think I need a will either. Well, I respectfully say, I think you're wrong. And hopefully you'll agree by the time we're we're finished with this. I like talking to people. So I will tell you, I was at Cracker Barrel over off uh, Shalliford Road this morning, and I was having breakfast with my husband, Gary. You've met him. He's been on the show before. And the server there found out I was an elder law attorney, and she told me that she was having the same argument with her mother. Her mother just would not do the documents. She didn't think they were necessary. She told me that in this frustrating voice that she's tried over and over again to ask her mother to make powers of attorney for health care and financial decisions. That way, her daughter, who is the only one she trusts, would be authorized to make those decisions when she can't make them on her own. Well, Mama has told her she doesn't need those. I've told you all verbally who's going to be in charge if that happens, and she thinks that's good enough. Well, With all due respect, Glenda, if you're listening, that's not good enough. Matter of fact, it's not in writing. It's not good at all. You need powers of attorney, and they need to be durable and enforceable under Tennessee law. So what does durable mean? Well, that means if you're incapacitated, it doesn't lapse. So why do you need these? And what happens if you don't have them? You might be surprised. So stick with me. That's coming up next. Welcome back to Boomer Time. This is your host, Nancy. And today we are talking about powers of attorney. 
I tell you, this is often misunderstood, and so many people just don't understand why they need these. And maybe more importantly, why they need them before they need the help. So I hope you don't mind, but I want to ask you a couple questions, okay? Just you and me listening here. So I just want to ask you a couple questions. And this is good. We need to reflect back on what we have and, and what we don't have. And, you know, maybe maybe it's not sufficient. So here we go. Just me and you. First of all, do you have a power of attorney? Do you have just one? Or do you have a power of attorney for health care? Do you have a power of attorney for your financial and uh, personal affairs? Did you appoint someone? Is that person still able to serve? Do they know that you've appointed them? Uh, you might you might want to uh, make sure they're willing to serve. Okay. Do they know what a fiduciary is? Because that's what they're going to be required to do if they need to serve. And that has very specific requirements. Also, do you know where your power of attorney is? <laughs> a lot of people, you know, you may have made these back in the day or maybe you know, 10, 15 years can go by pretty quick. Do you even know where this power of attorney is? You know, don't be embarrassed. A lot of people I know, they lose track of things, okay? But if you can't find it, go make a new one and make it right, okay? Here's another question. If you've made a power of attorney, do you know what kinds of powers you're authorizing someone else to make when you're not able to. That is a key, okay? You need to know what you're allowing somebody to do because these powers of attorney can offer wide-ranging powers, everything from selling your house to pulling the plug, quite frankly. So we need to pay attention to this. And I'm telling you this because I care about you. That's why I'm doing the podcast, because I care and I see too many people who don't have what they need, and I want you to be better prepared, okay? So dwell on that a little bit, all right? So as I've said, though, you know, you really need to take this seriously, because here's the other problem. If you don't have these, then your loved ones may be powerless to act on your behalf when you need help. That is absolutely stone-cold truth, okay? You don't want to be in that kind of circumstance. So let's get legal here, okay? And here's why. So each of us has kind of certain constitutional rights, right? We're all familiar with the Bill of Rights, right? These are liberties that we have under our great Republic of America, and just like the federal constitution, the state of Tennessee has its own constitution, which offers certain rights to you as well. You may be less familiar with those. I was thinking, hey, maybe we'd post a copy of the Tennessee constitution on the website. If you're interested in that, make sure to check that out at nancycogar.com. Did you know that the Tennessee constitution provides for a right to public education? 
federal constitution doesn't provide that, but Tennessee's does. And not all states have that right. Like I said, there is no absolute right to public education in most states, but Tennessee has it. Anyway, I find these topics interesting, but I don't want to stray too much from what we're supposed to talk about today. The reason I'm bringing this up is because the Constitution also offers you to the right to deny medical coverage for yourself if, and a big if, if you are a competent adult. So what does that mean? It means you have a choice as to whether you want to receive medical treatment. But you've got to be able to articulate that. Okay. So the Constitution does offer you the right also to deny medical coverage for yourself if you're a competent adult. Okay. What does that mean? It means you have a choice as to whether you want to receive treatment. But here's the problem. You have to be able to articulate that at that time. That's important to know. Because if you're in a medical emergency, chances are you may not be able to articulate that. Right? You got into a car accident and you're in a coma or you've suffered some kind of brain injury or you know maybe you're older and you've had diminished capacity and you can't articulate decisions. It's too late. You have missed the boat. Your family at that point cannot make those decisions for you unless they go to court and file for a conservatorship. And we're going to talk about that in an upcoming episode with my partner and friend, Jody Schaefer. She specializes in that area and she's got a lot of really great information. So make sure to, to check that one out. That's coming up. But really, you know, this is sobering, I think. What happens if you don't have a power of attorney? And you can't express what you want. <sighs> That's a big problem, right? Because that right to deny medical coverage or even consent to medical coverage, it doesn't translate automatically to your children or to your spouse or your best friend. It doesn't. In fact, they have absolutely really no formal authority to make decisions for you. And to top it off, they don't have any access to your medical records because of those privacy laws. I know you've sat there in your medical doctor's office and you've signed one of those HIPAA disclosures. I'm sure you have. They make you sign them over and over again. That's because of your rights and your privacy. So that has even made things more complicated. So the big question I would ask you, you know, we talked before about some of those questions. If you don't have powers of attorney, what happens if you are incapacitated and no one is authorized to make those decisions for you? Well, you're not going to like this answer your loved ones are most likely going to be prevented from making any of those decisions. And you are going to receive treatment regardless of your expectations to medical care. You know, that's the default. 
If you have not articulated what you want, then you're going to get it. You know, the hospital doesn't want to be sued, right? I've heard this too with, um, this is a totally separate issue, but related. People ask me about DNRs, do not resuscitate. That's a separate document. If you collapse in a restaurant and um, the paramedics arrive, there is no doubt they're going to come in with that stretcher and they are going to resuscitate you. Even if you've got a DNR in your file back at home. They don't know that. So this is something that comes up with my clients. Um, you know, and if you're not wanting to be resuscitated, you're going to be resuscitated. So that's that, believe it or not, that's an issue that comes up. But I'm just telling you, I'm using that as an example here, okay? That if you do not articulate how you want to be treated in a document that's enforceable under the state law and appoint someone ahead of time to make these decisions and make sure they're willing to make those decisions, you could be setting yourself up for a real problem and creating a lot of heartache and anxiety and emotional stress and a monetary bill for treatment that maybe you don't want. So, Glenda, if you're listening, that's why you need a power of attorney. And I'm just talking the healthcare one, okay? Say you're incapacitated and, and uh, you don't have a general power of attorney for personal affairs. Well, your family can't go down to the bank and take out money from your account to go pay your bills. They're not going to let them do that. They're not going to be able to uh, sell your house for you if, if you know you need the money and say you've gone into a nursing home. They can't do that unless you give them the authority to do it. Have I convinced you yet? And as I've said, the only option, if you're incapacitated and you don't have these, is going down to court and filing an emergency conservatorship so they can get your rights taken away and given to them to make decisions for you. And the court is going to supervise that. That doesn't seem like a good option to me. Well, all this equals time, which you may not have, quite frankly, money, access. Why in the world wouldn't you want to take the time to complete powers of attorney that you had ahead of time? I, I, I just don't understand that. So that's why you need a POA, plain and simple. These POAs, as I've said, serve different purposes. And I do want to talk about some of that. So hopefully I've got your attention. So stick with me and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Boomer Time, and we are talking about POAs, powers of attorney. And I hope to convince you today that every single person needs powers of attorney, both for healthcare and for your personal affairs. 
Just an aside here, I know most of the time I'm talking about aging and aging issues, but this is true of young people as well. They need powers of attorney. Here's why, okay? Say you're traveling, you're on vacation, you and your husband, and something happens. Well, who's going to take care of your children, right? They're minors. They're at home. You got to think about these things, people. What if uh, you have an emergency and you're gone for three weeks? Who's going to take care of your kids? You need to have emergency and long-term guardianship plans in your powers of attorney. Because if you don't, your kids are going to end up in the system, okay? They are going to. You can't just say, this is what I want and articulate that verbally. You need something in writing that is enforceable. So again, this is not just an aging issue, but I just wanted, wanted to mention that I've had a couple younger people come in and they've taken care of that. And I think that's really smart. Okay. They got it. Okay. So I also think it is important to choose wisely when you choose to authorize the individuals who are going to be making these decisions in these documents. I've already mentioned this before. Make sure they're willing and make sure they know about the appointment. I had lots of people that appoint people. And then when the need arises, the people didn't even know they were appointed or maybe they moved away or, you know, it just, it's, you got to make sure they know. Also, make sure that your appointees are qualified to serve. What do I mean by that? Well, there's some statutory uh, obligations in place, Tennessee law obligations. You know, that includes, but not limited to, an exclusion on everyone who's ever been convicted of a felony. Okay, so if you've been convicted of a felony, you cannot serve as a fiduciary. That's important to know. You know, I know you did your time and it's beyond you, but you might not want to pick somebody like that for obvious reasons. Also, you got to make sure these people are trustworthy. I know sometimes it gets down to one child that you really trust and the rest of them you're not so sure about. These are fiduciary appointments. You don't want someone who's terrible with finances or untrustworthy over your bank account, do you? You don't want them paying your bills because they probably won't. So, don't pick somebody like that. I will tell you, too, that when we're talking about scams and fraud, unfortunately, most of the people that are committing the crimes are related to you. That is a sad truth, but it's true. So pick carefully. So the people that you choose to appoint are going to be known as attorneys in fact. And you can decide what powers you want them to have. You can also decide what powers you don't want them to have. There are some general powers that are provided under the Tennessee statute, but there are lots of others that can be included depending on your circumstance. And I'm going to go over those in just a minute, okay? But I've harped on this before. This is why generic cookie cutter documents just don't work, okay? Your needs are going to be different than someone else's, especially based on your stage of life. So 
That's why it's important to pick an attorney who understands those kind of things and important to provide for those actions in those different scenarios that may come up. All right? Doesn't have to be me. I just want you to know. Pick carefully. Here's the reason, the other reason I should say, cookie cutter generic POA forms don't work. And this is just, I just read this in the New York Times. It, there is so much fraud out there that if your documents are not specific, i.e. that they name specific people and specific tasks that you authorize, these documents just may be rejected altogether. I've seen all kinds of banks turn down POAs that look like they were printed off the internet, and I don't blame them. So there are so many elder abuse cases these days, including financial abuse. And just plain and simple, a bank is not going to let anyone access your accounts and your money if they have a question about the document being presented to do that. At least they should, right? You can bet that they're going to send that document off to their legal department for closer scrutiny. And guess what? You're going to be in limbo until a decision is made. And like I said before, that's unfortunate because really there are a significant amount of the fraudsters out there are family members. So just saying you're a family member isn't going to help your case. Here's another word that I hopefully, hopefully encourage you to get this done sooner than later. Okay. If you wait until you're frail and needing help with the power of attorney, you just don't, if you can avoid this, you, you want to get it done sooner than later. Okay. So perhaps you've got arthritis now, or your hands have tremors, you know, or your handwriting is just not as strong as it used to be. I've seen some signatures on documents. Yeah, they're, they're genuine, but the weak signature on the signature line, those documents get questioned by banks too, for the same reason. Okay. They don't know your family. They don't know you. They see this little weak signature. They're going to check it twice. So, and sometimes in those emergencies, we just don't have time to wait. So if you're not specifically prepared, you are going to wait or be stuck in your tracks and have no one with the proper authority to act on your behalf. You still there, Glenda? I'm doing this because I care, okay? I'm not trying to embarrass you. I've seen it too. Here's the Glenda problem, okay? Mom and dad are stubborn about giving a child power to help with paying their bills or sharing any of their medical information or their prescriptions or their doctors because they just have done it themselves all their lives and they just don't want to give it up. But when a big event happens and the family is just completely at a loss, okay? Who is able to act for mom and dad? Who isn't? Who has access? Where are the powers of attorney? Do they have powers of attorney? Where are all these assets? I can't apply for care to help mom and dad because I don't have the authority to do that. Worse yet, I can't use their money to pay for it. I mean, you want to talk about making a fight ready for family feud. Uh, this, this will do it. Okay? And I've seen it. You don't want to add family strife to the mix with this kind of stuff. Make a decision, please. Make a POA for healthcare and personal affairs and appoint someone you trust. And 
Always have a plan B, a point and alternate too. So this is huge. Don't go without powers of attorney. You need one for finances, you need one for your personal affairs, and you need a separate one for healthcare. Most of these powers of attorney are active upon incapacity. That means they're springing. That means they don't take effect until you are no longer able to act and care for yourself. Okay? At that point, you're also not going to be able to make a power of attorney. So, again, if you wait, you're going to find you and your family stuck having to go to court for an expensive conservatorship with the court ultimately controlling those decisions moving forward. Okay, enough said. I hope you get the message. Make the investment. Have a professional specific powers of attorney done for yourself before you decline. And like I said, this does not uh, just apply to older people. This is everybody. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen today, tomorrow, right? Have these in place and make sure your banks will honor them. You know, some banks, in addition to my powers of attorney, they've got their own authorizations. So you may have to fill one out there too. This can alleviate a lot of stress. And quite frankly, it can be the difference between life and death in certain circumstances. It's just the truth. Speaking of which, there's something, sometimes it's called a living will, but it's really an advanced healthcare directive. Uh, and this is another important document. And I'm going to talk more specifically about it in another episode. But it essentially controls the decisions about what kind of treatment you want at the end of your life. All right. That deserves some attention. How do you want to be treated? Do you want them resuscitating you over and over again? Do you want to be hooked up to a feeding tube, a hydration tube? Do you want a machine keeping your lungs and your heart beating? That's the kind of decisions you need to make. I know this is tough stuff, but it's important, okay? So I have put this form on my website, okay? It's, it's going to be up there for you. And you'll have to work your way through it. Make these choices. You can download it. I think it's actually even interactive. So you can pull it up, fill it out, print it out. Okay, I'm giving this to you just complimentary because I want you to have it. It's important. So fill it out right though, okay? It needs to be witnessed by two people, two disinterested people. That means not the people you're putting on the form to make those decisions. Not anybody that has a stake in your estate, okay? They don't want to see someone who's going to benefit from your estate making, you know, final decisions about your life for obvious reasons. Um, it just has to be independent people, okay? And then you, uh, you have them sign it while you sign it. So they have to be witnesses. Or you can get it notarized. So... You need this. You need powers of attorney. You need this. I want you to have it. Okay? So go to my website, nancycogar.com, and you will find it there. So we've covered a lot today. This is serious stuff, and I uh, hope you had some really good takeaways from this episode. If so, let me know, okay? I like hearing from you. Reach out again on my website, nancycogar.com. I, I always appreciate hearing from you. 
Do you have a story to share about a POA nightmare or, or a POA that made all the difference? Share it with me. I like sharing those stories with other people. And you know what? You can help someone else avoid the same circumstance. We are in this together. You know, I say that. And this is a community for us. Okay, this is tough stuff. You are not alone. It's the same thing about wills. I mean, uh, if you didn't hear my do-it-yourself will disaster podcast, go back and listen to it. That is a really important one, too. While I'm at it, you know, this is a new podcast, um, and I'm hoping to be around for a long time and be able to share this information with you. Do me a favor, okay? Share my podcast with a friend and maybe two friends. And follow it so you can keep up on these shows as I tackle these really critical issues. I would really appreciate that. So you don't want to miss some of this stuff. And as you know, my podcast is on my website, nancycogar.com, and it's also on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Thank you very much. So as I do, I want to end with some encouragement for all of you, and I do Remember you all in my prayers. I do pray for you. Even though I don't know your name, I do pray for you. Um, God's given me a a real passion to be able to share this information with you out there because I've just seen so many people that just don't have access to it or they don't know what to do. So I want this to be a light and to be a resource to you so that you, you have information and you're empowered, okay? I know so many of you are going through tough circumstances as caregivers as you face these decisions. So remember, you are not alone. And as I've said, that's why I'm here. And I want to help you make it through this with strength and knowledge on your side. Right? So, so let's just take a moment of quiet. I've done a lot of talking. And just take a deep breath, okay? Fill your lungs with your air. And just deep breath. Nice cleansing breath. The world is a noisy place. And I think we need to find quiet sometimes. So let's just be quiet for a minute. All right? Yeah. So... I'm trying to help you, okay? I, I see these things happen over and over again. So just take my advice. Keep listening and ask questions, okay? If something doesn't make sense, ask a question. I wish you all a wonderful week and blessings on your week. And I will look forward to seeing you and talking with you next week. Okay, so this is Nancy Kogar, and this is Boomer Time, and I'm saying so long for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>